everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. Yes. Guys, so every week at the end of every episode, we ask you to rate, review, subscribe. And you guys have done an amazing job of doing that. And we really, really love it. Um, but we got a review that, you know, brought up some pretty decent points. And so we wanted to uh, to read it. Yes. So this And is- comment. Well, we just want to speak to the points that were brought up by it. So this, yeah. it's an it's an Apple podcast review, and it says, like the premise, work on name recall. Mm. It's by uh, SC Learning Words. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong or not. <laughs> now I'm really nervous about names. <laughs> so if I said your name wrong, I apologize. But it's the end of 2019. But I'm just discovering this now, so thought I'd download a few eps on the Lisa Claypass books to see if I like it. Turns out, this is pretty good. I like the premise of a veteran romance reader chatting with a newbie to romance. So we'll catch up on more eps. Thank you. Yeah. But goodness, please get the names of characters correct. Smiley face. It's small, and perhaps it's just a fluke that this just so happened in the two that I listened to, but it drove me a bit bananas that you guys kept calling Simon Hunt Sam in the Wallflower Christmas ep, or that for the Devil in Winter ep, Clayton kept calling Sebastian Lord St. Vincent just Vincent. Ha ha. Now, that is, prob- that is true. We did, I think we did call uh, Simon Sam in that episode. Which for some reason, like, I don't know if there's an actor named Sam Hunt or why that was in my brain as his name. Yeah. Because then when she said it, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not his name. Yeah, that was just bad bad on our part yeah so the thing with me is that i'm so bad with names Mm. in general and especially in books i'm not really good at remembering names so because usually when i read books i i don't have to recite the names later and when especially lisa clay clay pass books there's always so many characters that i get real nervous that i'm gonna say their names wrong and the fact that i did i could see being annoying so I get that. If I was listening to a podcast about Fast and the Furious movies and they kept calling Dom Dan, <laughs> I would I would be upset. And I could I could see why somebody would think that that was a little bit annoying. Yeah, that's so, very annoying. I get 100%. It's an accurate read. It is because if you're listening to somebody talking about uh, a book, they should get the characters' names right. Yeah, it's such a – yeah. And so I will say that that's something that I'm going to definitely work on from now on and uh not only in the podcast but in real life because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times that i don't say people's names because i don't remember them so i'm gonna have to try and figure out because i think for the first couple episodes i was calling you erica yeah for the first few years actually uh, yeah absolutely but you <laughs> see the thing is you, you it, that was up to you to say my name's not erica <laughs> no but uh i think also sometimes if i say something wrong you do fix it yeah. Which is great. I think we just had a collective uh, full ado of something that we just both thought his name was Sam, and it's not. So listen, if you give us some criticism in the review, we take it seriously. Oh, absolutely. I apologize. That is very annoying. We are uh, totally on your side. Yeah, we get it. We'll work on it. We're going to try to be better. Absolutely. That's all we can do. But this week we read... Tempt Me at Twilight, which is book three in the Hathaway series, um, and it is Poppy's book. Uh, what did you think of the cover? Don't love it. No? It's too much white. But it's – I okay. 
I like that it's white because she's a bride so early in the book and it's about a marriage. The it's white dress, which looks cream ish on my cover Mm -hmm. because it's I think it's a used copy. So it's (laughs) faded in the sun a little bit, maybe. But the she's it looks like on a couch in the white dress. It's not my favorite. It's not it doesn't pop. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you also put it against uh, Amelia and Wynne's books that are like very sensual and sexual, this one is a little bit more subdued. She's also missing her head because in the aughts, uh, women didn't have heads. And that's just something that we don't talk about enough. They had chins Mm. and bottom lips, but not full heads. No. And a little bit of hair, you could just see what color hair she had. Mm -hmm. But that's it. I mean, I like it as a cover. In general, I think it's good. But I get the criticisms. What's this book about? So this book is about Poppy, who is the third oldest sister, (laughs) but the fourth oldest sibling in Uh the Hathaways. So you had Amelia, then you have Leo. No. Leo, then Amelia, then Wynne, then Poppy, Beatrix. So... At the beginning of the, this book, they are staying at the Rutledge Hotel because yes. they're in London. Mm-hmm. She has gotten a letter, Poppy, from her suitor, this gentleman named Michael. The ferret Dodger has stolen it and runs into a secret passageway. Which uh, must have been a secret passageway so early in a book for you. Right off the jump. She runs into a man <laughs> who kisses her. And we find out that this guy is Harry Rutledge, who owns the hotel. Now, it's a what happens <laughs> is, well, Harry wants Poppy. Poppy wants Michael. Michael's father doesn't want Poppy to marry Poppy. Poppy and to marry Harry. Pop, sorry. What did I say? You said you want Poppy to marry Poppy. Okay, sorry. Of course he doesn't want her to marry herself. <laughs> They have already kissed a few times. She is intrigued by him. They go to a ball. He shows up, takes her onto the balcony. She's upset with Michael about the Michael situation. He's consoling her. Because Michael had already rebuffed her and said, I can't be with you. And then he's at this party and she goes nuts. Yeah. So they end up kissing and then a crowd forms. I, you know, I don't know if that was like a happy accident for Harry or not. But then it's Michael reveals to Poppy that... Harry was the one that basically sent the information to his father, like, in the vestibule as she's about to get married. And she agrees to still go forward with marrying because, you know, she's come this far sort of a thing. And then they're living in the hotel. And it ends up in a happily ever after. But I will say this is the least likely and believable happily ever after that I've read so far with Clay Pass. Let's just jump into Let's it. Jump so why into do you it. feel that way? So I was not feeling this book. Mm. And I think one of the reasons is because I read this right after Seduce Me at Sunrise. And there's so many parallels to it in the getting scandalized by somebody and being forced to marry happens in that. Dodger's a big character <laughs> in this too, the ferret. Because he's what initially 
makes her run in, try to find him in the secret passageway and run into Harry. Harry having a tortured backstory. And then also at the end, we have secret siblings revealed. And that was one that I thought was way out of left field. Yeah. And I never got on board with Harry. No? No. No. Oh, you did not like him. No. I don't think that his history makes up for what an asshole he is Mm. and how conniving he is. Because with Kev... So you'd have to have read the book previous to this to really understand what I'm talking about and why it, why this book seemed like a pale comparison is that we saw Kev with the Hathaways doing great things, doing lovely things, being a great almost brother to them. So when he's with Wen and we see him be tortured and not be able to show his love, we understand and give him a break. Mm-hmm. Harry, we hear at the end that his dad was a bad dad and locked him into a room and didn't feed him for a couple days and didn't let anybody touch him and things like that. And that's supposed to make up for him just Machiavellian-like conniving mm-hmm. to get Poppy to marry him. And I never came around to Harry. And usually... Lisa makes me come around to people. I mean, Leo, I love Leo. St. Vincent, I love now. But Harry never got there for me. Mm. What did you think? Fair. I think, you know, as we, I knew we were reading The Hathaways, I like, which is books that I've read before, this was the book that I was most sort of like, yeah, that is a weird one. But in rereading it, I enjoyed it more than I remembered enjoying it the first time. Um, I agree that the secret, so the secret, so Poppy and her sister Beatrix have hired a woman to act as their companion and sort of teach them the ways of like London society because they grew up outside of it. So they don't know the rules. And it's this woman named Catherine Marks who has secrets, um, who is, who Leo starts to really like, mm -hmm. and that's the part of the book that I enjoyed. Yeah. Well, they're amazing. Like their verbal sparring and everything. It's like really great. Um, and their book is next. At the end, we find out that Catherine and Harry are brother and sister, which I just found to be wholly unnecessary. And I don't really remember how that plays out in her book, but it just seems like sort of with Kev all of a sudden being the Earl of Cavan, that there is just sort of like, uh, and this also, in, in a way that like isn't super necessary to anything. And I think the book would be maybe better if it, didn't exist and then there's and then there's a kidnapping at the way end too yeah where harry gets kidnapped and it's cool because they're searching and they're finding hidden places which i love and that was the thing that was disappointing about this book is that there's hidden places in it It starts with a with poppy going down uh, into a hidden place and finding a guy that's like my dream mm-hmm and it, I just was really disappointed. I think Harry, like I said, just never got over the hump for me. Yeah. And and they try to show that he's a good guy by how he treats his servants, but it's not enough for me. It's not a Kev equivalent mm-hmm. where, you know, Kev showed so much love and so much ability to love. He just didn't understand how to show it verbally where Harry always was very happy when he was screwing other people over. Mm-hmm. 
I think I also read this book as like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And so then those are such all of Harry's bad characteristics are sort of his like beastly characteristics. Um, I agree that I think like while he did have a horrible childhood, like the way that he acted as an adult was, yeah, was out of bounds. Sort of the way that he manipulated Poppy into marrying him was very much not cool, even though he is right in that Michael would have never married Poppy or they would have got married at like Gretna Green and then I think it would have been a bad marriage just because like he didn't really have a spine and he wasn't willing to stand up to his father and you know I think for Harry it was love at first sight and they had kissed and they had spent time together and like verbally they were really sparking off of each other so I think for Harry he's like well I know this is gonna work out and it ended up working out, but I do think it was like a big gamble and sort of taking that choice away from her is really upsetting. But I did think ultimately for me, he did redeem himself. I think he's also somebody who is like extraordinarily intelligent. And I think Poppy could keep up with him in a way that like nobody else really could. And I think, you know, unfortunately I am not that intelligent, but I do think it could be isolating to be have a mind the way that he has where he's constantly, cause he's like coming up with like plans for new things and even things outside of a hotel. But like, um, you know, he's, he works for the military and, uh, that I think when he found somebody who could match him there in the way that Poppy can, he held on to it in a way. And it's like, I don't, I don't love that he took decisions away from her or anything, but it's like, I understand kind of where he's coming from. And I think a way, um, so ultimately I did like Harry and I think, you know, it was him learning to let go. Now, if we see him in the next book, cause he'll probably have, like you said, something to do with it because Catherine's a sister and Catherine is going to be with Leo. Harry's in the next book. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows if he's going to be somebody who I look back on saying this about him and thinking like I was being too harsh. I think it is just how I read this book. If, if I would have just read this independent of the other books, I probably would have given him a little bit more leeway. But even then I still don't think so because I'm very, I'm kind of hung up on the past trauma thing, giving these heroes carte blanche to act however they want. Yeah. But even Derek Craven, who's somebody who was born in the gutter and and raised himself up to be this magnate and run this popular gaming hell, he still didn't treat people as badly as Harry did Poppy. Yeah. Because she was, at first, just something for him to possess because he takes him into that room with all his, you know, all the objects that he loves and she's fascinated with him and he's fascinated. So they have that. But then she is turned into a object for him. And I know that he eventually falls in love, but it just, I don't know. I guess I just, it just didn't do it for me, which is upsetting because I love every other clay pass I've ever read. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, this isn't a bad book by any stretch, but I was just disappointed that it didn't grab me the way the other ones have. 
fair. And I think, you know, she's such a prolific writer that not you're not going to love every book she ever does. It, it feels like a because also I never really got a hold of Poppy in a way that made me really love her. Mm-hmm. Amelia is such a strong glue to the family. Wynne was the sickly one that was emotionally strong and became physically strong. And even Beatrix is somebody who loves animals in such a crazy way that that does define her character in a way that Poppy's just kind of, what is Poppy? Yeah. And I think in this book, you get the sense that Poppy is like overly verbose and, you know, but that's not something that I also got in previous books that like Poppy talks too much. I think Poppy is, I, you know, somebody who just like craves normalcy, which is understandable coming from the family that she comes from, but also is like, not the most exciting character trait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, craving normalcy is that makes you the straight person in a story, and sometimes that is the central person, but they're never as interesting as the side characters, mm-hmm. and that is bad because the stuff that did grab me was you know Leo and Catherine. the 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 fact that this ended with that cliffhanger of them having to talk. I was like, okay, I want the next book now where I didn't feel like this. If I just had that Leo Catherine stuff without the poppy stuff, I would have been like, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) You know, just because they sparked so much for me. And Leo really shows up in this book in a way that I love too, coming from like where he started, where he was so neglectful of the family. Like the rest of the family goes home to Hampshire and he stays and tells Harry, like, I think you guys are going to get an annulment. I'm going to hang out here until my sister wants me to take her home. So see ya. And nobody likes Harry. That's the thing. Yeah. Nobody at all Except likes Harry. Except for Beatrix. Well, yeah. I think Beatrix also can see into people in a way that I think others can't. So I do think Harry at his core is a good person. I think he does shitty things, but like. That's the other thing. Your actions are you. As much as you can be a good person, but your actions are bad. Actions, that's what most people can look at as the yardstick for people in their life. Mm -hmm. So I could be a really nice guy, but if I treat you shitty constantly, it's going to be very hard for you to keep up that opinion of me. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, Clayton means well. But then if I'm constantly figuring out of ways of like sabotaging your relationships or, you know, things like that, you'd be like, oh, he's not a good guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, other than obviously him like basically tricking Poppy into marrying him, I think once they're married, he treats her well. Mm -hmm. Like he gives her whatever she wants. He is like kind to her. He doesn't have sex with her until she wants him to and things like that. So it's like, I don't think that... It's like bare minimum. <laughs> I know. He doesn't rape her. Yeah. Um, but I think it's... Uh, yeah, I, I think he does try to treat her as well as he can after that like initial thing, which I think he doesn't necessarily see as as bad as it is. Now, what do you, what do you think of this book? Because I think I'm down on it. Mm-hmm. Out of the... Hathaway's because you've read them all is this the the one you like the least yeah okay is this consensus the one that people like the least I don't know 
Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think I hear about it very often if people are like, oh, Wood is my favorite book in a way that I think I've heard every other book people have said is their favorite. So yeah, I think this is just maybe just like the weak book in the, uh, in the series. Because it's not set up in the previous books, really. No. And that I think is the Hathaways, Lisa does such a good job of and you said this in our previous episode of planting those seeds for the next one. And this seemed just, well, we got to get Poppy somebody. So mm. what about the guy who owns the hotel? That'd be great. Everything else seems to be weaved in. Now I don't know Beatrix cause I don't know Beatrix's person, but it's probably going to be weaved into the next book with Leo. So this does just seem like, wedged in between to make five books instead of it being four books. And well, there's five Hathaway, so you have to have five books. I guess that that's my thing is of the ones I've read, it's the weakest. Yeah. And by far the weakest. Because the other two I I really loved. There you go. Do you not want to talk about it more? I mean, no. I don't know, to like drill down on scenes and stuff if you're just sort of like not into no, it. No, I mean, we can talk about it. some of this. Like what are the, some of the scenes you like in this book? Well, I like him sort of comparing when he compares himself to Michael to Poppy when he's like convincing her to marry him. But she, he also is very like, if you don't want to, then we can call it off right now. It's like fine. Um, knowing that he she wouldn't. like She's very loyal. Um, and he sort of says like she he's a boy and I'm a man and you want a man. I think I like that. And I think is also like very true. Like I think Harry and she have a better relationship or we're always going to have a better relationship than she and Michael would have. Michael is spineless. He's the worst. He sucks. And when he goes to like shoot up the hotel. Yeah. And he can't even do that. It's so lame. Yeah. And he's not even the one that kidnaps Harry. He I can't know. even do that. And like Leo shows up and he's like, this guy's a waste case. Like he's not going to be able to do that. He anything. can't even kidnap this guy. Yeah. Um, well, Cam and Harry fighting was fun. Oh, that's a great scene. So, yeah. So they're in the hotel. Uh, Poppy becomes friends with literally everyone in the hotel and everyone is immediately obsessed with her because she's also like um, a person who really draws people in and is cares about people and talks to people. Um, And so Harry is still not really opening up to her and not allowing her to be like his wife in a true sense in that she, um, uh, you know, have that sort of emotional relationship he is like not able to give her so she just like leaves to go home to ramsey house hoping that he will follow her and then with him away from the hotel hoping that she can get him to to where she wants him to be um and even go so far where he's like tell me that you love me and she says i won't because you're going to run away if i do so uh but then he shows up and he's like all rough and he's been out all night and drinking and stuff and cam's like do you want to come in and have something to eat and he's like no he's like okay so so we're just gonna fight then and he's like yeah and so then they just go out back and start fighting but i do not believe that harry would stand any chance against cam no and i also think cam wasn't like taking it very seriously because cam fought some crazy uh people at his previous job, mm-hmm. which was at what Ivo's, yeah, uh, Ivo Jenner's, Jenner's, yeah. So I like that scene. I guess I guess it's just because I like seeing Cam. Well, it, that was great too because everyone rushes out except for Poppy and watch, and 
at a certain stage, like, Kev is getting really upset because, like, Kev really loves Poppy and Beatrix, like, feels very protective of them and, like, a big brother. So he's, like, all he knows is that Harry is mistreating Poppy. So he's, like, ready to murder this man. And somebody says, like, oh, Leo says to Win, like, you need to do something because Cam is just playing with him, but Kev will actually murder him. Mm-hmm. Again, Kev, everybody's <laughs> physically scared of him. Yeah, and Kev only goes zero to 100. He's like, I guess I'm going to rip this guy's head off I with my bare him. hands. He was mean to Poppy. Got to do it. Got to get rid of him. And that's when Pin- uh, Wynn says that she's pregnant. Yes. And he immediately, like, goes white and is terrified and just, like, follows her back in the house. That's, yeah. And, and that was, because we mentioned in the last episode, we find out about that pregnancy in their book, the book two of Hathaway's, just so he could have his happy ending. But then it's brought back, and it's I like the way it well, was. Well, because the prologue was like a jump in years. So, you mean the yeah. epilogue? The epilogue. The epilogue, yeah. yeah. The epilogue jumped in years, and then uh, this happens at that same time. And I thought that was a great way to bring that information in to kind of get Kev out of that situation. Yeah. Um, and so she comes home and she talks to Amelia about what to do with her husband. And Amelia's basically like, "Mm, you got to just seduce him. And so they go to a little cottage and Harry comes and they have sex and sort of are able to, uh, repair their relationship, which I found to be really sweet. But again, that is a lot like when and Kev. Yeah, there's a lot. It hits a lot of the same beats. And that I think reading them so close together made this a a a pale comparison it would be interesting to reread this book later Mm -hmm. by itself and not as part of all the hathaway books yeah because i think i'd have the same sort of reaction as you where i'd think oh okay by itself this is a, a a good or interesting book where when it hit all the beats so much mm-hmm. like the previous book it just seemed redundant so yeah. i don't know if anybody's reading along with us if they felt that same way like to hear from you yeah here's the question the big question mm. the only question that matters would you fuck them i would you would fuck harry harry yeah harry sound hot as fuck he had fleece he had like a hairy chest he was a big guy he was handsome yeah 100 percent Poppy too. Poppy sounded like really cute. I would be in, I was into her. Like, I feel like I would just like Poppy. Like, I feel like if we just hung out, she would be fun. Yeah. You know? I, I wouldn't fuck Harry. I don't think I would. There's nothing about Poppy that really connected me to her. Yeah. I don't think I would fuck Poppy. Fair. Yeah. No. I'd fuck neither of them. Uh, Goodreads list. Let's do it. It is on a bunch of lists. Okay. Best historical romance. Oh, what I did like about this book, too, is that so much of it is about a marriage and not the courtship, which I, is different and I appreciate it. It's so. like a Devil in Winter. Right, Devil exactly. in Winter was a lot like that. Best historical romances, married couples. Um, I could see why it's on someone's list. Best historical romances where the quiet, unusual girl gets the guy. She's unusual. She's not quiet. Yeah. And is she that unusual? I guess no. for the time. But she's not like she comes from an unusual family. And I guess she talks too much. But there isn't anything else that she's so weird. Like it seems like 
people generally pretty like her. Yeah. Bad boy meet the virgins. Again, is he a bad boy or just a bad man? Emotionally crippled person. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah. He's not a bad boy. Like, I always think of bad boys being like it's a rakes. little dangerous. But like Harry, it's like yeah, he's kind of like you were saying like Machiavellian and like a little bit um yeah, conniving. Like, conniving, but not a, a bad boy necessarily in like the way you think of bad boys. Yeah, I think of bad boy in a almost positive way in these books where you know they're going to end up not being bad because yeah. they're going to find the love of their life. Leo is a bad boy. Oh, Leo's a bad boy. Of uh, villains as romantic love interests. Yeah. He even says, if this is a fairy tale, I'd be the villain. Yeah. Uh, best romances with spinsters, wallflowers, or old maids. She's none of those. None of those. Take it off the list. Best humorous historical romances. There was funny things. When the monkey gets loose and is in the dumbwaiter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of animal stuff in this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Claypass can always write a humorous scene. Mm-hmm. She can always write humorous dialogue. So it, it is It is a funny book. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so, too. Uh, character you most want to sleep with. No. <laughs> so you love a bad boy or tortured hero. He's tortured. Uh, he's tortured. Romance novels to reread again and again. I mean, I might have to reread it later, but I w- it wouldn't be one that I would say, oh, I can't wait to reread this. Yeah. Compromised historical romance. Yes, she's compromised. Fresh scent of pining hero. He doesn't really pine. Not really. If I'm looking for a pining hero and I get Harry, I'm not going to love it. it. That's the thing. You got to be, you can't, if people are using these lists as gospel, it's, I, I think it's like not great that this book is on there. It's yeah. irresponsible, frankly. <laughs> I would take it off the list if I were you. Um, Tortured Heroes of Historical Romance. Yeah. Best Ever Historical Romance Novels. Not mm. in my not in my best ever. Best of Lisa Claypass, number two. So this is on the second list. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could see that. I mean, it, I don't know how long these lists are. Yeah. I don't know how many books she's written. She's written a good deal, I would think. Yeah. Nerdgasms. I disagree with the term. And I disagree with the list. Okay. But I do think they are both, like, very scientifically minded. Okay. Don't, don't say, don't never say nerdgasm. <laughs> it, the, the only way that could be worse if it was called the nerdgasm of it all. <laughs> I would walk out. I'd take my headphones off and walk out. That would out. be the end of the podcast? That'd be, no, that'd be the end of this podcast. <laughs> Just this one. I'd be like, frolic is part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, as always... <laughs> Um, I do. I do a uh, Adam Driver. Oh, if I made you listen back to a previous episode, no, I'd love it. See, I'm uh, the opposite of Adam Driver. I love my voice. Mm. <laughs> I don't hear my own voice enough. <laughs> I know because you're always in your own head. You don't get to have that external experience. I don't. Uh, historical romance hero, the ultimate alpha male. No, he's not an alpha male. He is. You think he's an alpha male? Yes. He's now for whole. Hmm. Okay. Stalkerific romance novel heroes. Yeah, I mean, he does. I mean, he doesn't really stalk necessarily, but yeah, I get the vibe. Petite heroine, big hero. I didn't get the vibe that Poppy was particularly petite. Not like when. 
Well, I feel like Wynn was not petite. Like, I feel like Wynn was tall, but she was, she like, was very skinny. Wispy. And I got – Amelia, they talk about how tiny she's very short. But so, Poppy, I never got the sense that she was very short. I will assume then that this is a dainty family. So she would be – if she's a Hathaway gal, she's dainty. Okay. Um, intense and angsty romance. I mean, it is a bit angsty, but it's not, that's the thing. It's not as angsty as, say, like something like Kev. I mean, that's the highest angst you can get. Right. But there is anxiety to to him wanting to make the marriage work. Uh, hot, steamy, sensual, historical romance books. There's some hot sex in this. Yeah. Hero in love with a heron before she is in with him. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like he wanted to own her. Yeah. And then they come to love each other. It feels more like. I mean, he he definitely loves her. He definitely she comes around. I mean, it's the Beauty and the Beast thing. Like she comes around to him and she always liked him, but then she was betrayed by him. So it was very hard for her to get over that. She eventually does, obviously. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't but know. I think he's in. Lo- I think he's in love with her. I think he doesn't know how to express the love. Mm-hmm. But I think that he definitely feels something stronger for her than she does for him. Uh, historical romances featuring blue stocking scholars and independent misses. I would say no. Books with witty banter dialogue. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's Lisa. Mean, yeah. Heroes that are so hot you nearly swoon. Historical romance. Nope. Historical romance. He chases after her. He does. Yeah. Fictional males that make you squirm in a good way. No. Reclusive romance heroes. He's reclusive. Yeah. Nobody knew what he looked like until she runs into him in the secret passage. Virgin heroines, alpha males. Uh, well, you're saying he's an alpha. He's an alpha hole. She was a virgin. Yeah. So, almost. Favorite romances with pets. Um, I'm not a ferret fan. No. Uh, ferrets are pretty gross. Or hedgehogs. Yeah, and uh, monkeys and mm-hmm. things which they're not actually pets in this. They were like presents. Mm-hmm. I guess they were presents to be pets. But um, yeah, but I I don't really like animals that much. What? I mean, I don't like really being around them all that much. <laughs> I like seeing them and knowing they exist in the same <laughs> ecosphere as us, but they can do their thing and I'll do mine. That's so funny. Uh, happy, witty, and fun historical romance novels. Mm. Fun? Not really. No, I would say there are others that are more fun. Yeah. Ginger women, redheaded heroine in romance. She's ginger-haired, I guess. She's like dark brown, auburny. Yeah, because from the cover, it doesn't look like she's a ginger. No. But you see one wisp of hair. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's described as her having like garnet hair. Mm -hmm. Um, The best of Lisa Claypass. So she's on the best and the best of number two. No. Arranged marriages, marriages of convenience. This was neither. No. It's not convenience. They had to. Well, it's no, it's like a, a marriage. Yeah, but that's not a marriage of convenience. No, it's in not. In the way no. that I think of a marriage Because of that's, that's like this works out for both of us. Yeah. This is kind of like there's no other thing you can do or just be ruined. Right. Um, families you die to belong in. I would like to be a Hathaway. Hathaways are cool. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I would hang out with, especially now at the point where we're at, where we have Kev hanging out, we have Cam hanging out. 
Leo's doing his thing. He's like looking fine. Catherine's around. Uh, yeah, you've got Beatrix, Pop. Everybody's around. Amelia. That yeah. that's like a family that I'd love to hang around. Now in my room, I just want them to be around doing their thing. But I'd be You'd in my like, room. You want to like hear them downstairs? I want to hear that they're downstairs. That's all. That they're safe and they're having fun. And I'll be up in my room. <laughs> Books with nerdy, geeky, or genius heroes and heroines. Yes. I love your quirks. Best romance heroines that are a bit odd in a good way. I guess she is a bit odd, but not like too much. Yeah, she didn't. I guess this is a credit to Lisa. She's not obnoxiously quirky. I thought I was in love until I met my soulmate. Yeah, there's a bit of that. She was into Michael for God knows what reason. (laughs) Who sends her letters like, I'm going to ask my dad and if he's okay with it, then maybe... Yeah. What a wimp. No, Michael. Romance, heartbroken heroine, runs away. She does. Mm -hmm. That is true. That's it. Well. All right, Clayton, what are your tropes? My tropes are secret places, Mm. tortured hero, hotel owning hero, hero locked in room, ruined heroine, because she got ruined, important letter, Mm -hmm. uh, secret sibling, and monkey shitting indoors. <laughs> so they talk about how they found monkey shit. Yeah. By the food, the dumbwaiter. It's so gross. It is gross. I mean, that's that's the end for a hotel. If there was Yelp back then, Rutledge would be get one star mm-hmm. monkey shit. <laughs> I don't know. None of the guests knew about it, though. <laughs> that's true. But if somebody did find out about it. Yeah. So, Aaron, what are your tropes? A uh, couple married through most of the book. American hero, self-made hero, villain hero, uh, talkative heroine, heroine in love with someone else, kidnapping in the last 15% of the book. I feel like that happens like more, like pretty commonly. Somebody gets kidnapped. Uh, reclusive hero, hero thinks he broke heroin with sex. Oh, we didn't talk about that. The first time they have sex, it's painful for her. Oh, yeah. And so he gets so upset that he's causing her pain, even though she's like in pain, but she's also like, I'm okay. Uh-huh. Like, let's keep going. Um he sort of like leaves and that's sort of what prompts her to leave. Oh, that's right. Cause she has that conversation with, with Leo, and Leo the carriage. about it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, could he not, did it not could stay? Did the flag go up? Yeah. And she's like, he left me with a flagless flying. <laughs> that's good. See, it's a funny book. It is great. Um, animals and romance and hotels. There you yes. go. That's what I got. Nice. All right, Clayton, what are you swooning about? I'm swooning about a band, and the name of the band is not Safe for Work. Not, not oh. that this is a Safe for Work podcast. And we at do all. talk about fucking. Yeah, we do. And jizz. Well, the name of this band is Mannequin Pussy, but <laughs> it's a female fronted band. And I just actually was, I like to, if you listen to this podcast, you know I listen to a lot of music. So it's the end of the decade, or it was the end of the decade, because right now it's 2020. We're starting the decade. But I was looking at a lot of people's best of 2019 music and also best of the 2010s. And this was a band that I'd heard about, but I'd never really listened to. And somebody put it on their best albums of the past 10 years. And I was like, oh, well, I've got to listen to this if this is the best album of the last 10 years. And they have an album called Patience that just came out in 2019. And it's, 
it's kind of grungy. It's very, it's like not, it's hard to explain. It's punk grunge, but melodic. And there's a song uh, on the album called Drunk 2, which is just about somebody breaking up with somebody and getting drunk and then singing about it. And it it's, it's a really awesome kind of grungy type song. And there's no other way I can say it, which I, it, people are saying that this is like a, the band sounds a little bit like whole mm. Courtney loves band. And there's something that I really like about it. They're from Philadelphia. There's a lot of great bands coming out of Philadelphia. And so if you want something that's a little bit more aggressive, but still melodic, that's a real fun band. So I would say I would recommend Mannequin Pussy. Mannequin Pussy. <laughs> what a name. I know. I mean, it's attention getting. It is. You don't Scandalous. forget it. Scandalous. It's so funny that we just, yeah, like you said, we talk about jizz all the time, but it's hard for me to say Mannequin Pussy. Now, Aaron, what are you swooning about? I'm swooning about a book that the title I can say, it's called The Castle on Sunset. It's by Sean Levy. Do you know it? Yes. I Did you read it? Have you read it? No, but I want to. It's amazing. I'm obsessed with it. So the book is basically a like comprehensive history of the Chateau Marmont, which is a hotel on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. Um, and it is famous for a lot of different reasons. Jim Belushi died there. Yeah, so some are sad. Um, but also like uh No, Jim Belushi's alive. John Belushi <laughs> died there. Listen, we haven't checked the news recently, but no, I think Jim's still kicking it. Yeah. Uh John Belushi died there. Yes. Um and so it's it's a really well written, really interesting book in that it is also kind of a history of Hollywood. If you like that old um if you're interested in that old sort of history of Hollywood, like Gore Vidal lived there. And it's just like an amazing hotel with an amazing history. Um, I'm obsessed with it as a place with such great history. When I was in L.A. last, I went for lunch there. My friend had to get back to work, but I would have stayed for five, six hours. I was obsessed with it. It's just a really cool place with a really cool energy. But the book is just a great way to frame if you are interested in history and history of Hollywood and just interesting stories about, you know, movies and creative people. Uh, it's called The Castle on Sunset. I thought it would be a very good swoon for this because this book is about a hotel. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's about a hotel. Uh, so, yeah, The Castle on Sunset. It's, uh, it's really fun. Aaron, yeah. Where can they find us? Um, so don't forget rate, review, subscribe. We talked. Listen, somebody brought up a very valid point, and we discussed it at the top. So yeah. guys, keep doing that. I mean, you know, maybe email us is okay too. Yeah. Uh, and then and, and don't bring out the pitchforks now that we opened the gate for this. <laughs> like it's not, you know, come on, like constructive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It helps people find us. It's yes. really great. We appreciate that you guys, whenever anyone takes the time to do it. Um, you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have our Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes Troop. Go hang out there. Um, and uh, the next episode is going to be Married by Morning by Lisa Claypass. It is Leo and Mark's book. We're very excited. Um, and finally, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media backslash podcast. All right, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.